This week on Prepping 2.0. The recipe that I'm going to talk about today using elderberry to make a tincture is curative. You just heard all of the things that it will help fight and boost and help you boost your immunity so that you're not just taking care of symptoms, but it's curative. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Not joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. He is out of town this weekend. No worries. All is well. I'm excited, though, to talk to you. We'll be talking about plants that I'm acquiring now in a dormant state to make into medicine in the near future and why, why I'm doing that. I'll also be telling you how to make great medications now, right now for this flu season, and maybe even throw in a recipe for you specifically for cold and flu season as we get into it. So remember, as always, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. As we talk about all these plants and herbs and things, and you're thinking, I want in on some of these, Shelby. How do I do that? Well, I really recommend you head on over to our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates, and over there you'll find Survival Garden Seeds. They have a medicinal collection that includes one or two of the plants that I'm going to be talking about today and uh, why you might want to grab some now. Because in the spring, sometimes these things run out. I don't think Survival Garden Seeds will. But you can be assured, as you'll see by their website, these are heirloom quality, open pollinated seeds that are great for creating some great medicine. So let's get into this, the list of top 100 things that disappear fastest in a collapse based on the Bosnian experience. Number 34, pet food. That's a tricky one. I'm not going to lie. That's one that I kind of struggle with. have to say this, we've really used our freeze dryer quite a bit to help us out with that, especially when you have like freezer burnt or older meat in your freezer. Cook it freeze dry it add some carrots and rice and maybe some peas seen some recipes out there where you can make your own dog food doing that encourage you to do that seriously especially when you think about your pets and your animals and think about what you can do for them hey did you know there's so many great things that happened in the after show this might be one of the things you missed raw land is typically kind of cheap What you need to look for is, does it have septic or is it approved for septic? If it's approved for septic, now you've got a $20,000, $30,000 bill to put in septic. Utilities, water rights, that's just on raw land. If you ever want to become a Patreon supporter and get in on kind of that after show, and today the after show might actually have that recipe I want to talk about. Just go over to our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on the little logo at the top that says become a Patreon support for like two bucks a month. It's no big deal. And uh, that's where when we run out of time and we have plenty more topic, we just keep right on going on over there. So check it out over there. So let's get into it. I'm trying to be like Glenn. Let's get into it. So today, there's three things I want to talk about. Plants that I'm working on right now to get to contribute to my medicine herbal garden to keep working on creating my own apothecary and herbal medicine. And um, why I'm doing that now in in fall and not so much, you know, hey, why don't we do that during the growing season in spring and summer? I'm going to talk about that. Talk about the plants that I've been working on getting and the ones that I'm not going to grow. And the other thing I want to talk about how you can make some medicine now a very specific medicine for the cold and flu season. Wink, wink, cold and flu, flu season. If it hasn't happened in your area, you might notice that it's kind of ramping up a little bit. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the three plants and how I got them at this weird time of year, you might think. How I got them easily. I mean, you're not going to walk into a garden center and pick up like a fairly uncommon plant in the world of garden centers, you know, the garden centers where it's like pansies and ferns, you know, those are your common plants. It's hard already to find kind of the herbal plants that I'm talking about in a garden center. It's even more difficult in October. So what are you talking about, Shelby? So the one plant that I want to talk about, I've talked about it before that we have on our property, and I've gone round and round with myself about it, is elderberry. 
And I just bought an elderberry plant easily. And the reason why we're going to talk about the amazing, amazing benefits of elderberry. Holy cow, it's a lot. But before I get into it, let's just have a quick chat about some of our awesome sponsors. You can find them over at prepping2-0.com. Click on friends and affiliates, and there's a lot of coupon codes there. So over there, you will find Pro One Water Filters. Oh my gosh, get your water filtration figured out and set up for your household. Katie Armour, come and take it, Armour. Backwoods Home Magazine. Oh my gosh, you can find out so much about our topic today from them. Uh, Numana Foods, specialize in freeze-dried foods, Minutemen Coffee. It's the reason why I'm here today. Paul Burke Realtor, a great realtor over in the Idaho area that will help you find a great prepping property. You can find them at our website as well as firstresponsibility.com powered by Fathom Realty. Gibbs Arms, oh my gosh, they've got great accessories to AR, so oh my gosh, go check them out. And of course, Podcast Access, run by our own producer. We did a show with him recently. He can help you out and do a consultation for you for all of your podcast needs. So go check him out over there. So let me talk about this great, great plant that I bought one, and I'll tell you why I only bought one, but I'm going to talk about elderberry. First of all, what's so great about elderberry? First of all, the berries are food. You can just eat them as food, and they are very nutritious. They're considered a superfood. Let's talk about the medicinal qualities that it has, which is why it is like the number one worldwide herbal antiviral herb. When you hear some of the things we've been talking about today, I'm looking for herbs that are antiviral, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, respiratory support. Why? Because of, wink, wink, the flu. So here you go, antioxidants, superfood. Uh, elderberries have flavonoids, which flavonoids have an antioxidant property that stops cell damage. When you think about some of the flus we've had in 2020 and 2021, that's really important. Antiviral helps treat cold and flu. It has compounds that inhibit a virus's entry and replication in human cells. Interesting, boosts immunity. Reduces inflammation. Why do I think that that's so important? If you go back to the episode that I did with Jeff Reynolds in December of 2021, when he was uh, my co-host, when Glenn was in the hospital recovering from being on the COVID ventilator, Jeff had just been to a medical conference talking about what they knew about COVID. And his words will always ring in my ears when he said, it's not the virus that kills you, it's your body's overstimulated inflammation response. So when you find something that's an anti-inflammatory, you need to pay attention when we have some of the flus that are coming out. So anyway, going back to it, elderberry reduces inflammation by inhibiting the production of nitric oxide in your body's immune cells. Nitric oxide works as a signaling molecule triggering the inflammation response to disease, which our body naturally has. Fight cancer, reduces sinus infection and symptoms, improves digestive health. Like I said earlier, it's a worldwide top global antiviral. And the recipe that I'm going to share with you is going to include, the main ingredient is going to be elderberry. We're going to talk about that. But this recipe specifically speaks to respiratory distress, congestion, sinusitis, inflammation, cold and flu. So it's a cold medicine um, that we're going to talk about that I'm going to try and get for you later here soon. But if you go back to the show that I did, gosh, it was, I have to, I have it on a note here. Did it last summer. It was on June 28th. Medication in your garden. I uh, talked about the elderberry tree that we have on our property. And it's, one, we have actually two. One of them is dying. So I actually think that I only have one. And I can't figure out, couldn't figure out, still can't figure out what kind of elderberry it is. And that's very important because the one variety of elderberry that you want that has the most medicinal qualities in it, and two or three of the other ones, red elderberry is okay. One of them's decorative. And then the fourth one, I can't even remember. So it's kind of key that you get elderberry, Latin name for Sambucus nigre, which means black elderberry. You want the dark black elderberry. So I am trying to figure out, and I've tried to figure out now for a year, what kind of elderberry I have. And because it puts off blue berries, and I don't know if those are decorative. And there's a blue elderberry out there, and I don't know much about it. So anyway, I feel like I have wasted enough time trying to figure out what this thing is. It's like 30 feet high. I can't, really can't pick the berries. We're done. 
I bought one. How did I buy that this time of year? It's already hard enough, to be honest with you, to find black elderberry anywhere. Like if you go to a local garden center, you're not going to find it. If you go to a local nursery, you might, you might. And I don't like might. I want to find it. So I have found a really cool source to get them by mail order. Etsy. Go to Etsy. Type in Sambucus nigre. You can buy the berries. You can buy the plants. You can buy a starter plant. Why don't you start them from seed, Shelby? Well, like I mentioned in the June episode that I did on growing medicine in your garden, elderberry is very, very difficult to start from seed. It's very fussy. I'm not going to go into the details here. You may not get the plant you want because pollination is a big part of its beginning growth. The easiest way... And elderberry is incredibly easy to grow this way. It's considered one of the easiest plants to grow from cuttings. So I have the seeds. I'm not going to start them that way. And I'm like, I'm just going to buy a plant. You can actually buy, you can actually go to Amazon and buy cuttings of black elderberries. And and that's like, you take this little stick, It's you're going to get a package of what looks like little fire starters. You're going to stick them in dirt and they're going to grow. And I'm like, I don't even want to do that. I have so many other things that I grow from seed that I work on, and I just want something that's not fussy and that I just feel like black elderberry could be. I was able to buy a plant with leaves on it, and it came in very well packaged with very clear instructions on how to, because right now at the end of summer, it's still in its growth state. It hasn't gone dormant with very clear instructions on how to encourage it to go dormant during its dormant time. And it was very wonderful. And it was like 10 bucks. So I have a black elderberry bush tree twig with the leaves on it. And I'm ready to put that thing in the ground when it's time. And elderberry definitely does need to follow its seasons. It does fine in cold. It does fine in deep cold. It will be fine in Western Montana, but I don't want to put it in the ground when it's not ready to be in the ground. So elderberry, other plant that I'm getting ready to purchase, why actually I should take that back. They've already all arrived. The other one, and we'll talk about the benefits of this, but I think this one's just so kind of crazy. So it is called dun, 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 marshmallow. There's a marshmallow plant. And it is kind of related to marshmallows, the things you put on a stick and you know hold over a campfire. Marshmallow. And it can grow as a weed. And I actually have it as a weed on my property, but it's not like the elderberry. It's not the kind that I want for medicinal purposes. I could probably do something with it and and get some benefits out of it. But if I'm going to go through the effort, I'll spend $5 and buy a plant through Etsy because there's great small business herbalists out there that this is their source of it. And I do like supporting small businesses through Etsy. I really do. So what you're looking for, marshmallow actually is a very pretty, like pink, purpley kind of flower. And what you're looking for in that is the Althea officinalis, A-L-T-H-A-E-A, Officin, like official, O-F-F-I-C-I-N-A-L-S. That's the one with the most medicinal properties. By the way, I should mention, you might want to have a pen and paper if you're listening to this, because I'm going to give out some good information, or at least so that you can write down timestamps. But if you're listening to this going, oh my gosh, how do I hear this again? Of course, you can hear us if you're listening on the radio. Rehear this episode at prepping2-0.com. So I'm getting a lot of my information from a couple of different places as I talk to you today. One is, and I talked about this book last summer in the previous episode that I did on this topic, Medicinal Herbs, A Beginner's Guide by Rosemary Gladstar. She is the queen of herbal medicine. Her book, everywhere I go and look at, you know, whether I go to YouTube or the internet, and I'm looking up herbal stuff and tinctures and teas and all the things, that book that I just mentioned is always a reference. It's referenced as the gold standard. It's a very easy to read book and uh, very informational, has a good lot of great recipes in them, and I will mention some of them. She tells the story of marshmallow, and here it is, is that here's the thing with marshmallow. The medicine of marshmallow is really in its roots. So the roots, when you dry them, you know, just 
pull them out of the ground, rinse them off, put them through your dehydrator, and you dry them, and they come in contact with the water. They have a, and I'm not going to say this word right, mucinolaginous quality. It gets kind of gooey and sticky. And so back in like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, like Greek and Roman times, it was considered a delicacy to take that and mix it with sugar and kind of fluff it up. And it was a delicacy because, and that's what was marshmallow. Does that sound familiar? Until the food industry of the modern age got hold of the concept and just made it into a big puff of sugary goo. But marshmallow plant is what was the first marshmallow like cream that we know today. And it has a really great quality to it in that it, um, I have to find my notes here. It's more used for, from what I can see in all of my reading and, and research, it's definitely a skin, helps with skin condition things. But it also, when you put it in a tincture, that's where you the, what we're going to talk about today, you put it in a tincture and use it internally, it tends to always be partnered with other things. And there's some recipes that I have found in Rosemary Gladstar's book that I want to make, but I it always seems to call for marshmallow, uh, you know, parts of mar- marshmallow root. And I'm like, I think I might, you know, get some of that. I might grow some of that because it's, and it's a really pretty flower. Anyway, so I bought one of those. So from Etsy for like five bucks, it was awesome. Got a live plant, came in a little cup, put it in my greenhouse. It's, it's living its best life. The other um, plant that I bought is echinacea. I bought three of those. Echinacea, also known as coneflower, Echinacea purpurea is the one you're looking for, is amazing. It's an amazing plant. You can hear me pulling out my notes here. Um, Why do I want echinacea? For all of the reasons I'm going to say. What's really cool about echinacea compared to like uh, marshmallow, a whole lot more of the plant becomes medicine. You have your flowers. I believe the leaves can be used. I even think some of the twigs, for sure the roots. So from start to finish through the growing season, get take some of the flowers, take some of the leaves, take some of the roots, let, leave some of all of the above so it'll continue to propagate. But echinacea raises natural immunity uh, to infection. It raises microphage and T-cell activity, which is the first line of defense for your body. In, a, in, a, in any sort of uh, virus attack. Protect cells against invasion by bacteria and viruses. It's antifungal, it's antibacterial. It's very effective against bronchial and respiratory infections, sore throat and oral infections. That's something I wanna hang on to. That's something I will want no matter what. And again, it's a pretty flower. So even if I'm just like, I don't need to have any of this in my cabinet right now, I've got plenty. It's a pretty flower that propagates really well. So those are plants that I have, plants, and not seeds, but plants that I have bought right now that have made it so that I can work on and work towards creating my, what I wanna create in medicine in my cabinet. Why would I want to do that? Let me give a little example of that. And I may have to take this into the after show. So I was thinking about this. Like when I go through a cold season, a a normal cold season, unlike the one we had a few years ago, but when I go through a normal cold season, I feel the symptoms coming on. Usually it starts the aches and pain and the tickle in the throat. And especially like for me, it's like shoulder and neck soreness and the fatigue. So what I do is I go to the drugstore and I, and I buy a cold medicine. My two favorite brands are, it starts with an R and ends with Tussin, buy that, and then nighttime and daytime. And, uh, or if they don't have that, I will buy one that starts with a D or an N for daytime or nighttime. And it ends with the word quill. You know what I mean? So, and this is how it goes. In the morning, I take a daytime dose. And what does it do? It masks my symptoms. It, it squelches my symptoms. It makes it so that I can talk. It's, it suppresses my cold symptoms and my cough. And generally takes some of the aches and pains away because it has ibuprofen in it. And then I take some more at noon because it wears off after about three to four hours. And then after that, I take some maybe in the evening And then maybe later in the evening, I'll take a nighttime one so that it knocks down my symptoms so I can sleep. So it's knocking down symptoms. And each one of these bottles these days, have you seen? Gosh, 
anywhere from 10 to $15 for a small bot. I mean, it's not cheap. So I'm looking at, you know, anytime I, every time I have a cold, which is generally through the fall season and I work with the public, it can be once a month. It can be a lot. Uh, not, not, not looking forward to that ever. And it's usually kind of miserable and it doesn't taste good. And it's a whole lot of chemicals and it's, it's not curing what I have and what I'm fighting. It's not boosting my immunity. When the recipe that I'm going to talk about today using elderberry, uh, to make a tincture, is curative. You just heard all of the things that it will help fight and boost and help you boost your immunity so that you're not just taking care of symptoms, but it's curative. It's helping you get better, actually, not just riding out the storm and it's addressing the symptoms and the causes and the viruses and the bacteria that are causing this. How many times have we gone to the doctor, we feel so miserable and like, can't give you an antibiotic because it's not an infection, it's bacterial. Oh, darn, too bad, so sad. Go home and take some you know, stuff that starts with an R and ends with Tessin. So sad. I'm going to go home and take my tincture that we're going to talk about today. So want to encourage you, that's what's kind of turned me around on this because I'm very new to this whole thing, and I've really taken to heart some of the advice out there that I've read that think about the needs that you have in your household for medicine. And honestly, as I think about what's coming down the road, and I think we've all agreed, you know, there's in 2024, it's an election year, there's going to be a rollout of another, you know, flu season. And I want to be ready for that. They're already talking about it. I'm already seeing a push for the for the vaccinations for those, which, you know, that's up to you. Uh, If you want to do that, I'd rather take, well, let's put it this way, as we head into the break. This is another thing that dawned on me as I did this. The recipes that are used in today's herbal medicine community are tried and true recipes with hundreds of years, hundreds of years of usage, of, you know, nobody goes out and makes a tincture with poison ivy for obvious reasons, but because we have ancestors and generations before us that tried out the elderberry, tried out the echinacea, the marshmallow, and realized the health benefits to it, the the quality control is there far more than a government agency that starts with an F and ends with a DA. It hasn't, these are, these medicines have not been fast-tracked. They've been tried and true. They've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and generations and generations. And that makes me feel a lot better about taking this kind of medicine that is natural, that has not got an agenda behind it. So that's where I'm at with that. I, You know what? I don't trust anyone anymore. I got trust issues on this after the, our last few years, and I think a lot of us do. So that's something to think about in this. Do I, will I still see, keep you know medicines, over-the-counter medicines on my shelf? I will. But I'm also going to start making my own and uh, thinking about ways to grow that, grow my own medicine and grow my own, my medicine on my shelf. So we'll be talking about that more after the break. I want to talk to you about the, the uh, herbs that I'm going to be using. And I found a great recipe online for a tincture. And we're going to remind ourselves of what a tincture is uh, and, and, and talk about that and talk about a recipe and uh, and so grab your pen and we'll be talking about that after the break don't go away more prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher is coming right up hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping one of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. 
EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glante here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E. USA.com. Most tested, most trusted. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. And Glenn's not here with me today, but thanks for rejoining me. Uh, We're just getting started, really, with our conversation about things that you can do now to create medicine that's not over-the-counter and things that you can do in the future to do that. So we just talked about plants that I'm working on purchasing to grow my medicine garden. So what if you're like, oh my gosh, Shelby, I don't have much garden space. I'm not good at gardening. I live in, you know, near the Arctic Circle. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons people can't garden. And I understand that. We're going to talk about how you can do that without having to plant plants. I get that. So talked about how to get plants. Etsy, honestly, that's a great way to get plants that are difficult to find. It was eye-opening to me how easy it is to get these plants. Here's the other thing. Same thing with some of these herbs that I'm going to be talking about. So I want to talk about this recipe that I found. I'm going to pull it up here on my phone. It is found at healthyhuehumans.com. It's also over, specifically the recipe I'm talking about today, is over at soapdelinews.com. And they have an elderberry tincture recipe that has several, several other herbs in it. So I'm always a little nervous to make, because I'm new to this, making a tincture that has more than one herb in it. Because it's, I've been told you need to kind of practice a little bit and see if this is something you like. I like the mixture of this and it's a tried and true mixture. So what is a tincture? We talked about this before. And let me go into a little bit of this too. By the way, our archive dive of the week very important. Let's just make that this week, episode number 243, I think it was, where I talk about growing your own medicine garden back on June 28th. 
great partner show to this. The other one, you might do a quick search on our website for Derek Smiley. Derek Smiley is a former uh, homesteader. He now lives in Idaho, still a prepper, and runs an Etsy shop that has some beautiful woodwork. So yeah, a couple of uh, deep dives for you there if you want to check out some of our great past episodes. But let's go back to Etsy. And you can also find these things on Amazon. So I'm right now going, holy cow, I would like to make an elderberry tincture. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. How do I get the elderberries? So again, let's think about not spending money on over-the-counter medications from a local drugstore. I can buy one pound of freeze-dried organic elderberries from Etsy or Amazon for about $20. And that will be plenty. I can make gallons of tincture with that. And that tincture, the dosages are about one or two teaspoons max. I will be able to make plenty of medicine doing that. So that's what I'm going to do this fall to make medicine. And I was talking to Glenn about it before he went out of town. And he said, that is a great example of using the modern conveniences we have to get your preps in order. But then on the other hand, making sure you have some of those things in your garden in the future so that, I don't know, when the internet falls apart or crazy things happen, we can still have medicine. So I encourage you to think about that as an alternative. Or if you're like us, where it's kind of like, I don't know if I need 10 gallons, you know, I don't need a ton of this medication, especially because when you make it in tincture form, it is shelf stable for years for years and years, which is amazing because of the alcohol content, which is great. So quick review, a tincture, a tea and a tincture. Tea is you take an herbal something, an herbal organic material, dried, generally dried, dried elderberries, dried, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't do, I would not do marshmallow because of the qualities I talked about earlier, but you can take a dried something. And you put hot water over it and you wait for it to steep and you drink it. And that's wonderful. There's a portability problem with that. Also, hot water doesn't extract the medication from the plant generally as well as alcohol does. Again, who thought this up gazillions of years ago? Thank you for doing that. The herbal substance in alcohol gets a better extraction. The medication comes out of it easier. Not all things make a great tincture. Not all things make a great tea. Elderberry makes a great tincture. This is what you do with that. Super easy. And if you search for elderberry tincture recipe, you're going to get 10,000 ideas. And it's going to go something like this. This is the basic kind of formula for a tincture. You take a quart mason jar. If it's fresh, you probably want to do half a jar filled up with whatever it is. So you fill about about half a jar with elderberries. Take the stems off and fill the jar up with I recommend an 100-proof vodka. You're going to see out there anywhere from 80 to 100. The higher the alcohol, the better the extraction. The higher the alcohol, the more shelf-stable. And let that sit in your cabinet away from light for four weeks to six weeks or so. Every day or so, shake it so that it stirs it up, keeps it going. And by the end, you've got a basic tincture. That tincture right there from what I've read, anywhere from a half a teaspoon to a teaspoon every three to four hours while you're sick. And all of those things that I read about to you about elderberry, oh my gosh, that's your medicine. Super awesome. I like the idea of that a whole lot better than when I go out to the, and I see elderberry gummies and I look at the percentage of those you know, it's a very low percentage that actually in that little pellet of gummy, very small percentage of that is actual elderberry. And it's a whole lot of purple dye. I'd rather have this tincture and spend that money on making that than going and buying, you know, some of the weird stuff that they pass as a, as a medication or a, a, an herbal supplement. So, um, so let's talk about alcohol. Going back to that, good alcohol, honestly, is vodka. That's used very much to make tinctures because it's got pretty much a real basic flavor. We like it because it's gluten-free for Glenn's you know, tender tummy. And you can generally find it 100 proof. You can also use a higher uh, alcohol such as Everclear, and that's going to be super potent. So 
adjust your dosage accordingly, but it makes it shelf stable. So I found again at healthyhumans.com and it's the same articles over on Soap Deli, taking that same idea and making a tincture with a few more herbs in it to give you um, a boost of a few more herbs in it. So let's talk about those. And I'm pulling up the recipe right now. So the other one that I want to put into my tincture when I make it here is calendula. Calendula is a flower. If you go over to Survival Garden Seeds, they have it in seed. You can get it in seeds. Super easy to grow. And they look very similar to marigolds. They kind of have an upward blooming golden orangey flower. It's the flowers that you want. It moderates fevers. It helps stomach ulcers when used with marshmallow. Not that we have stomach ulcers, but you see this where marshmallow is always partnered with something. I've never seen just a marshmallow tincture. It's always partnered with something. And what happens with that, according to Rosemary Gladstar, is there's some pretty strong herbs out there and that mucinolaginous quality of marshmallow kind of calms it down and evens out the dosage so it's not quite so, uh, you know, too strong. Calendula also helps flush the lymph node system. And when you're congested and when you are having respiratory issues, that is key because your lymph system doesn't flush itself out. It flushes when you move and when you're sick and right. So calendula can help you do that. And it's used mostly, honestly, externally for things like lotions and salves and like baby diaper rash. But I'm going to put this based upon the recipe that I found. I'm going to use calendula in my tincture that I'm going to make with elderberries. So this is what we have so far. Two-thirds of a cup of calendula flowers. Where do I get those, Shelby? You can buy them about a half a pound to a pound. You only need a little bit off of Amazon or Etsy, and I'll be having my medicine here soon. So elderberries, you want two-thirds of a cup. The next one I want is chamomile. Chamomile has got so many great qualities. It's an antiviral And uh, especially when it's drank, it completely boosts the immunity. And it's just like we drink all the chamomile tea. It has that calming effect. So if you're kind of um, of uptight or not sleeping well, that's a nice thing to have in your cold medicine. Chamomile is great for that. So I'm going to have a half a cup of dried chamomile flowers. I have wild chamomile on my property. I've made a tincture with it already. I don't have very many flowers left. So I've bought some because I'll have more next year, but I want to make some now. So I'm gonna, I have bought some, again, through Etsy, through Amazon. Just to give you a price point on this, I just spent like about 50 to $60 on these dried ingredients for this. I can easily spend that much on the product that starts with an R and ends with a Tessin by having three colds in one season. After I buy these things, I will be able to make a quart of this tincture that I will be taking like a teaspoon of every three to four hours when I'm sick and it will be shelf stable for years and I will have plenty more to make more. So I think it's a better investment. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. So I like that idea a lot and I want to get you guys this recipe so that you have it. So dried calendula flowers, we talked about the benefits of that. We talked about the benefits of uh, chamomile. So let's talk about hibiscus. This is a great example of a plant that I'm not even going to try to grow that silly, uh, beautiful plant flower in Western Montana. It's a tropical plant, but it's very readily available through, again, herbalists in other parts of the country. So I have bought... um, some dried hibiscus, dried cut hibiscus. Here's the other thing, when you're out there looking for it, you know, Amazon, Etsy kind of a thing, it's interesting because with hibiscus, you'll find very quickly hibiscus tea, and you're like, well, wait a minute, I just want the flowers. And what you'll see is if you look at the packaging, it'll say good for culinary purposes, make teas and tinctures. You'll see it on the labeling. If you're, if you, if you kind of look at the label, especially on Amazon. Um, the other thing is uh, that's really great uh, with hibiscus is it's antiviral. It's antiviral. Um, it's rich in vitamin C. So that's a nice little um, thing to include in a tincture like this when you're really trying to make a cold um, 
medication for yourself and your family. So, so what we have, we have, I'm trying to repeat them because I know several of you are writing these down. Calendula, elderberries, these are all dried, two thirds of a cup, two thirds of a cup, half a cup of the chamomile flowers, half a cup of dried hibiscus flowers. And this is a good one, ginger root. Here's the thing, we're, this is the last ingredient we're gonna add. And I love the idea of ginger root. I hate the idea of buying it because ginger root is one of these foods that's always an ingredient in something and it's the ingredient that, co that costs me the most time and money. Because you know, when you, if you're gonna buy fresh ginger root from the store, you have to peel it, you have to cut it up, you have to, and then you're, you're less with, you put the rest in the refrigerator and it sits in there and rots. <laughs> And it's not, it doesn't grow very well where I live. Ah, so let's talk about the benefits of it and then how to get a hold of it and not make yourself crazy like I feel. So it is, here we go, reduces inflammation, reduces inflammation. Again, the body's response to the 2020-2021 flu, the problem was the inflammation. And we need to keep that under control uh, no matter what, when we have such a, when our body is attacked with a virus. Joint and cartilage repair, really good for that. I like this one, lowers blood level triglycerides linked to diabetes and heart disease. I'm going to talk about something else too that you might think about throwing into this if you want. Here's the, here's the really cool thing. I, and here's something you may not know about me. I get motion sick, super easy. It's a genetic thing. Uh, if you, my dad, uh, Floyd gets motion sick too. We almost get motion if we're in a, like a roller coaster, they're never going to happen for in a, we were actually in a situation, gosh, when was it? I got to think about the 2005, we were on a helicopter together and we both threw up at the same time and the, it, it was off. It was funny and awful all at once. Um, and my uncle, his brother, same thing, motion sick, super easy. Ginger, listen to this. I think this is fascinating. More effective than over-the-counter nausea, motion sickness medications for uh, motion sickness and chemo treatment. Ginger. Ginger. And the stuff that's over-the-counter actually works really well on me. I think that's fascinating. Here's the cool thing, too. There's a recipe. There's what's really cool. In uh, uh, Rosemary Gladstar's book, she has little recipes that are really great. And when she talks about ginger in here, she talks about some of the culinary ones that are common ones that we have around our house. She has a recipe called called hot balls. We can go look it up here really quick. Um, she's got some great ones. Um, it's funny. I like her so much. And the way she writes, it's so easy. It's called, oh gosh, let me go find it. Hot balls. Uh, great for... Um, just uh, at least think uh, to, to, uh, for so making the hot balls is for the motion sickness and it calls for ginger root powder, carob and, or cocoa and cinnamon. So you're making like almost like these little balls um, with honey and something that tastes good. And then when you need it for motion sickness, you just make them. Great little recipe there. So uh, interesting things about uh, that. So let me um, let me jump over here really quick. So on this recipe that I pulled off this website, which is something I really want to do, they also say you might think about putting in two to three tablespoons of honey. And I'm finding myself, when I think about making this, I might use the honey and I might not. Honey is shelf stable. I think the, and especially raw honey has its own health benefits. But for us in our household, we really do try to go, it's not, not just sugar-free because I know honey's not sugar. But anything that spikes our spikes our our glucose, that's the problem. So I may not do that. It's going to be fine without it, and and I'm okay with that. But something, so feel free. It says two to three tablespoons of honey. You put this all in your jar. You cover it with the booze. You shake it every day. You about four to six weeks. Take it out, strain it, squeeze it out. Uh, strain out all of the all of the things that you've just put in. Oh, we need to talk about how to get ginger. Don't let me forget about that. Squeeze it all out, and and you can buy amber jars. You're looking for amber because you don't want it to be exposed to light, but you want amber jars so that you can have like a little medicine jars, and you want to take it at about a teaspoon at a time every three to four hours while you are sick. Let's go back to ginger and how to get a hold of ginger. I'm not growing ginger. Too difficult. No thanks. We can buy it everywhere. I still get kind of upset about that and how fussy it is. Um, you can buy, 
on Etsy and on Amazon, dried ginger that's been, I'm not going to get it in powder form. I want it more chunky so that it's not, I don't want powder in my tincture. I want kind of in thin sliced or chopped. So um, yeah, dried ginger root, boom, in kind of a, a chopped form, easy to buy. I like the idea. Here's the other thing that I have already in my freezer. And I'd found it once at some gro. I was at a gro. I don't even remember what grocery store, but in the freezer section, they had a little section of all these herbs, one of them ginger, that were almost like in a blister pack. And each blister is like a teaspoon of ginger. And I'm looking at that going, that will solve my problem. Um, because I'm so tired of these recipes, you know, a, a tablespoon of fresh chopped ginger. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I don't know. That's an ingredient that will cost me more time and, and give me more waste and more headaches. So um, things like that might be a way to get around <laughs> ginger. But um, there you go. So you're going to put this all together and you're going to and you're going to have medicine in a few, you know, in a month or so. If you do the the method where you put the honey in, you can, um, if you look, go look at the recipe, she talks about how you can actually, I believe, heat that up just a little bit, shake it up, and you'll have medicine like right now, today. It's good for today. You can use it right away, but it is not super shelf stable. You've got to refrigerate it. It's only good for a few months. See, and I kind of like the shelf stable stuff. If I'm going to put that much money and make much, much money and time into it, I want something that's going to last a while because there's only two of us right now in our household, right? So, so you need to think about how that works for you and what works best for you. So, I want to talk about. I am first of all, I want to talk about how excited I am that I got through that, uh, all of that information so quickly so that it's not in the after show, because I really wanted our listeners to hear that. So something to think about, though, too, um, I want to talk about things that you might consider adding to this tincture or making a separate tincture of. Kind of interesting. So if you get uh, Rosemary Gladstar's book, which I recommend, the first section of her book is how, is actually things that you already have in your, probably in your house that can be medicine. And the first one she talks about is cinnamon. I've seen tincture recipes with elderberry that call for a stick or two of cinnamon, which is amazing. And this is why, because it is a great decongestant. Boom. That sounds like something that I want, might want in my cough medicine. It's the best herb. It is the best herb for stabilizing blood sugar. She's got a great recipe for that and how to make that. So kind of a cool thing on that. Um, I was going to say something else. I can't remember. So, um, and I've seen lots of recipes like that. So I know, let's jump back and talk about, um, nope, I lost my thought. We're going to leave it at that. So another thing that you might consider out there as you're thinking about tinctures, as you're thinking about medicine is garlic. Garlic's got some great properties. To it. I don't know if I'm going to put it in my tincture, this tincture, but I want you to think about what's what you can uh, make out of it. And she's got a great recipe called fire cider. And if you've ever, th there's lots of recipes out there, but this is specifically so you can have kind of a, a yummy-ish drink. It's going to be kind of zippy, um, but you're going to get a lot of garlic. And why is garlic awesome? Because it is all of these three things, antiseptic, antimicrobial, antibacterial. It treats infections, especially antibiotic-resistant infections. Huh. Do you think that might be handy these days? Especially when a few years ago, this country in America, we realized that 98% of our antibiotics came from another country, and we were having supply chain issues. Huh. That's a good thing to know. It lowers blood sugar. That's another one. Uh, that's amazing. So she's got that great recipe for fire cider. For fire cider, you'll see fire cider recipes. It's got a blend of garlic and a bunch of other things. Probably some apple cider vinegar, and it's got a nice appley zip to it. But it's medicinal and it tastes good, especially if you get a good recipe. So I've got a few more minutes. Want to talk about um, a couple more things that uh, 
I talked about a little bit last uh, June, but especially this time of year, it's really important to think about as you think about as we I'm kind of going to come back around to what we were talking about at the beginning, growing plants that are good for making medicine. So this kind of all goes back to two years ago, a year and a half, you know, 13 months ago when we had our first Patriot event at our house. And some of the gals there, you might remember me telling a story, kind of did a little foraging walk on my brand new property to us and told me all the good things that I had on my property that were medicinal. One of them was mullein. Mullein is spelled M-U-L-L-E-I-N. Go look up what that looks like because you probably have it somewhere near you. If you live in the city, it is somewhere near you, though. It is actually in some places in this country. It's not native to America and it's considered an invasive weed, but it's medicine. So it's it's a good one to have, especially this time of year, because it does that whole decongesting thing. And I want to speak to how awesome that was for us. People told me when um, Glenn came off the ventilator uh, almost two years ago now, mullein and dandelion root tea. These are both things that grow as weeds on our properties. And um, and I took that to heart. I have made several tinctures and I'm ready for uh, some medicine. I have some medicine ready. But um, this is the time of year when mullein is shooting up its stalk that is full of seeds and dried seeds. And each mullein plant could have thousands and thousands of little seeds. So if you see a mullein on the side of the road that looks like it's dead, you don't want to harvest any of the leaves from that because it's got dirt and grime on it from the traffic that's gone by. But I would go chop that little stalk off and go shake that bad boy over a pile of dirt in your backyard and make your own mullein plants. Definitely want to do that. Mullein is awesome, and it grows. It grows the best, honestly, on gravel. It does not. It is not a fussy plant. Um, here's what's cool about mullein: it relieves pain. It's uh, it's antiseptic and it's infection fighting. I have made a tincture, actually a couple, out of the leaves. Just chop up the leaves, and you want kind of the ones that are in the middle that are big, but kind of they're fuzzy leaves, like the white fuzzy. They're they tend to be the younger growth with the most medicine in them. And um, the other thing is that you're going to have a lot of it. If you have mullein near you, there's a lot of it. So I encourage you to make, just put some in your dehydrator and dry it. I have two uh, quart jars of that I've crammed with dehydrated mullein. So if I just ever want to make tea this fall, we got it. I speak to how good it was for clearing our lungs when we were... Uh, you know, we were recovering from COVID two years ago. And uh, here's the thing. Here's what's really crazy. I spent like eight or nine dollars a box on that when it was growing free right out our back door. Isn't that crazy? So, folks, got so much more to talk about in the after show. We're going to wrap it up here. But don't forget from Benjamin Franklin. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.